Our whole body and life is run by our thyroid. That's why it's called the master gland. Everything that you need to stay happy and healthy, probably an uninformed doctor then who's not checking reverse T3, checking free T3, treating you on some thyroid hormone, evaluating it a certain way and going, well, it's not your thyroid. They think that T4 is the only thing that matters, and it's not. One of the best things that ever happened to me was hypothyroidism. You really learn so much. You go by yourself and triumphantly thank God I fixed it myself. I don't want people to go through 20 doctors. Get armed with the information now. Welcome to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast, where we meet the world's top experts to explore the secrets of health, mindset, longevity, and so much more. Are you ready to take charge of your existence and biohack your life? This show is for you. Please keep in mind, we're not dispensing medical advice and are not responsible for any outcomes you may experience from implementing the tactics lying herein. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. Super thrilled about today's episode with L. Russ. It is epic. All about the thyroid. As we discussed in the episode, the thyroid truly is the master gland of the body and is involved in the metabolism of every single cell in your body. When your thyroid's not up to par or not functioning correctly, it can lead to so many potential health problems, conditions, and just things not working so well. It's also super complex and very misunderstood, especially in today's modern medical society. Testing TSH and T4 alone do not typically paint an adequate picture of what's going on in the thyroid. So many people needlessly suffer from thyroid issues because they are simply on the incorrect thyroid medication. So get excited because we dive deep into the science of the thyroid, its interaction with the pituitary, the specific hormones, how it affects everything in your body, and so much more. The show notes for today's episode will be at melanieavalon.com thyroid. I am a Himalaya partnered show. The Himalaya app is honestly the only app I use to listen to podcasts. It is amazing. (laughs) It's amazing for following all your favorite shows, making playlists, and just honestly rocking your podcast listening habits. I love it. And if you follow the Melanie Avalon biohacking podcast in the Himalaya app, you will get early access 24 hours in advance. So definitely do that. You can also join my exclusive Himalaya community. There you can discuss episodes, make guest requests, and you'll also get free monthly content from me. In addition, launching soon, perhaps when this airs, we shall see. Your subscription will also include access to some special exclusive episodes provided by me, and you can get the first month completely free if you use the coupon code MELANIE. Also feel free to join my Facebook community, Paleo OMAD Biohackers, Intermittent Fasting Plus Real Foods Plus Life, It's basically my super happy place where all of us discuss all of the things. So anything related to fasting, diet, health, fitness, biohacking, thyroid, hormones, really anything. I would love to see you there. All right. So without further ado, please enjoy this wonderful episode with LRS. So I am so excited today to be here with a fabulous, wonderful woman and friend, LRS. I'm sure many of you are very familiar with her. She co-hosts the extremely popular Beyond Belief Primal Blueprint podcast with Mark Sisson, and she's also the author of The Paleothyroid Solution, Stop Feeling Fat, Foggy, and Fatigued at the Hands of Uninformed Doctors, Reclaim Your Health. And 
that is a true subtitle statement right there. Elle, she knows her stuff. I mean, health in general, food in general, but when it comes to the thyroid, she's the girl that you want to talk to. She's been there. She's done that. She's learned what's going on, which so many, so many of us don't really realize what is going on with the thyroid. So Elle, super excited to have you. Thank you for being here. Oh my God. Thanks for having me. What a lovely introduction. Oh, it comes from the bottom of my heart and my thyroid. (laughs) I I don't know if that makes any sense at all. But um, anyways, to start things off, would you like to tell listeners a little bit about your personal history with, with your thyroid, with your health, all the things, and what led you to where you are today? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, in general, I grew up actually in quite a healthy household. My parents and grandparents knew more about nutrition than most people. And we ate full square meals and healthy vegetables. You know, I mean, I I didn't grow up eating junk. Um, at the same time, when I started to get into my, my teenage years, you know, those are awkward years anyway. But when I look back in hindsight, wow, I got really big. Now, that could have been because back then they were like, pulling the whole low fat thing where it was like, eat pasta and, you know, (laughs) and uh, bagels, you know, and stuff like that. And granted, I'm from like, uh, you know, the Midwest, a lot of cheese. So I was probably eating way against, you know, my, my DNA and what I know now in the teenage years. But then long story short, I went through those phases and I'm in LA and like you, I'm an actress. And so I was here pursuing that field. And I knew, now 15 years ago, it was different starting out here versus now, we see a lot of different, and I'm so happy to see this, different, normal, real body types of women on television. But when I was starting out, it was like, if you wanted to be a leading lady, you better look like Jessica Biel and be an athlete. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So instead of doing, you know, cocaine and Diet Coke (laughs) all day long, I decided- That'll work too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To some extent. Uh, That could have been a, a choice. I decided that I was like going to work out and eat right. And at the time, everybody was talking about the zone and, you know, to eat every two, three hours, keep your insulin steady. And it was a little bit of a low fat, low carb thing too. Like people were still kind of on the low fat thing. So low carb and low fat never work out. And that was just, you know, a true, which turned me into a complete sugar burning, total sugar addict, hypoglycemic nightmare. Um, and I remember, you know, Melanie, I would be in Hollywood for an audition and have to drive back to Malibu. It would be like a, maybe a 45 minute drive in traffic. And I would be so hangry, brain empty and pissed off, just, just so freaking out that I would literally have to get off the highway and go find a local grocery store, walk up to the counter and shove some like cold cuts and cheese in my face. Because just to make it the other, you know, not that I was going to pass out in the car. It was more of that hangry hypoglycemic moment because I didn't realize that I was a sugar burner. And I thought that this is the way it was supposed to be. So I achieved this fit body, but was struggling on the inside. And I thought, is everyone else not talking about how they're thinking about food all the time like me? Or is it, is it something, is something wrong with me? Um, you know, and, and this whole thing, because I know what it's like to be a food addict. And it doesn't matter if you're 500 pounds or you're 112 and you look like you should be on a cover magazine. They're both the same hell. It is hell to be thinking about food all the time. So, and I mean, I know you know this, you know, you, you, with intermittent fasting and everything that you do, you understand how the difference between being satiated and having freak out meltdowns. So that kind of is what preceded me getting hypothyroidism. Can I say that it caused it? No. Can I tell you that it will? 
Yeah, it can. Um, because what it is, is it ends up being sort of like starvation, where you're sending the wrong signal to the body, especially the thyroid, though. Um, and you're not getting really the enough nutrients. And I was so I was overworking out doing what Mark Sisson calls chronic cardio. And, I, and, and Melanie, man, here's the thing that's so great about now versus then. I used to have to work out so much to maintain this thing that was also just a horrible soup of, you know, terrible sugar burning, you know, pre-diabetic kind of train running away from me where now I barely work out like I used to yet I'm able to achieve those similar results by just adopting a different paradigm. So what happened was, is one day, um, you know, I started to get my period all the time. Like, it happened and then it happened two weeks later. And I was like, that's not right. But I just kind of chalked it up to like, that's a fluke. That happened again. And I kept bleeding. It seemed like I never stopped getting my period. I went to the doctor. They're like, oh yeah, we'll just put you on the pill to control it. There right there is the first order of business everyone needs to look at. That was not asking, why is this 30-year-old who has healthy history for her whole life suddenly bleeding abnormally? Instead, it was, let's patch up whatever symptoms she's feeling. Had they tested my thyroid correctly then and then knew what to do about it, I would not have even suffered for the years that followed. But I suffered because doctors kept trying to patch it up. I kept bleeding through the pills. Uh, they're like four different up. Finally, I thought, oh, I must have some crazy hormonal imbalance. So I went down that road trying to research hormonal imbalances, blah, blah, blah. Finally, after two years of just being sick, uh, gained so much weight from when from like 112 to 160, I am 5'2". So that sucks when you're that short, okay? Um, I would be crying in the shower because I couldn't even like reach certain parts of my body. Um, I was such a depressed mess. My hair was falling out. I had horrific acne and I have had perfect skin my whole life. I was a mess. I had heavy legs. There's over 47 symptoms in my book. I had like over 30 of them. And Life was absolute hell and no one was helping me. And I kept going to doctors and I kept going to doctors. And finally, thank God, I found the Natural Thyroid Hormones Yahoo group, uh, which was started, and this was like 2006, um, by Janie Bothorpe. She's the author of Stop the Thyroid Madness, an, uh, one of the only other books I recommend, and also a website of the same name. And before she had written the book or had the website, she had this forum where patients were there sort of helping other patients. And they led me down the right path to understand the connection between iron storage ferritin and thyroid hormones. And what happened was, is because I'd been left in the dust in Los Angeles by over two dozen endocrinologists, doctors, experts, specialists, Finally, when I realized it was a thyroid problem because someone finally tested me correctly, I said to myself, that's it. These mofos don't know what they're talking about. They're hurting me, not helping me. I got misdiagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome over here, or did over here. Oh my God, Melanie. And I said, that's it. Clearly these patients online who've been through it know way more than my doctors do. So I'm going to kind of listen to them and see what they have to say. And then I went down my own journey to heal it myself, which I did. So I would order my own thyroid hormones. I would use doctors and my insurance to get blood work and then not listen to anything they had to say. And so essentially my story is that twice in a decade, I battled two severe bouts of hypothyroidism. One is a reverse T3 problem, which is even less known and less understood by doctors. And both times, living in a big city like Los Angeles, having good insurance, I had to solve it myself and be my own doctor not cool. Now, super cool because great, now I can help others <laughs> try to figure out like if their doctor's uninformed, but it, it, it was worth every moment of suffering to be at this point to help thousands of people around the world. But at the end of the day, that shouldn't be the case, Melanie, because this is simple shiz. It's simple when it comes down to it. These doctors should know better. 
Why don't they? Because they are still dealing in 40-year-old outdated protocols and thyroid wisdom, which is totally wrong now. And essentially keeping patients sick, hypothyroidism is a worldwide epidemic. There's 200 plus million people in the world. It's the number, only one of the hormones is the number one prescription selling drug in America, period. 23 plus million Americans have a thyroid problem, but even more than that, because 60% go undiagnosed. And it is disproportionately a women's disease, but there's a problem there because men get it too. And then they are really overlooked. So when they get low testosterone and are starting having all these energy issues, and of course, because the thyroid, and we'll get into this later, is the master gland and is the producer and regulator of your sex hormones so that a guy will get low testosterone. And then the doctors, again, like the pill, trying to patchwork it up with giving this kid testosterone when all you need to do is correct the balance or the status, I would say, of the thyroid hormones that you have. And then the whole symphony of the body gets turned around. Um, constipation goes away. You know, skin clears up. I used to wake up and my whole entire face and eyes would be so puffy as if like I drank a bottle of MSG. Not at all the case anymore. You get skin thickening when you have hypothyroidism. There's so many crazy system symptoms from inriching of the ears to, again, hormonal issues, either issues with period, painful, heavy bleeding periods, infertility, miscarriages, um, just anything gynecologically, that's often where it manifests itself with women sometimes first. So anything off in that arena, you often go, you go right to the thyroid. Um, as well, depression, we have more receptors in our brain than anywhere else for T3 hormones. So you can go to the doctor and they'll put you on Prozac, but it only lasts a couple months. It won't work because you still have no T3. So our whole body and life is run by our thyroid. That's why it's called the master gland. And if you are on a stranded island and you don't have a thyroid gland because it was removed, let's say, because of thyroid cancer or something, you're going to die pretty quickly, okay? And if you are on a stranded island, you have the gland, but you're still hypothyroid, it's still going to be a slow death. You cannot live without this gland, aka you cannot live without these hormones. That's why when people have their thyroid glands removed, they have to be put on thyroid hormone replacement immediately. It's why when the one in a billion times that a baby is born without a thyroid, this is a very rare occurrence, but when it happens, that baby will become mentally retarded very quickly if they don't catch it and administer thyroid hormones because of the way that it affects the development of one's brain and also just the continuing uh, production. I mean, or uh, I guess I would say, uh, you know, movement of the, the, your life. I mean, thinking everything that you do from there on out is going to be affected as well. It's why when people are hypothyroid, they sometimes get dyslexic of the mouth or they have to read a paragraph over and over again, or they can't comprehend something or they're forgetting numbers. And then you feel like you're getting stupid. You're not getting stupid. You just don't have enough thyroid hormones. So, you know, it affects our temperature, our heart rate, everything. And also when you're hypothyroid, meaning underactive, you can't hold on to nutrients. That's why hypo patients classically get low in iron, in vitamin D, B12, lots of things because your body can't hold on to this and the digestion is compromised. So I know that's a big introduction to answer that simple question you asked me, but that's sort of how I came to be a subject expert in this. And for those that are listening, I don't have Hashimoto's, uh, which is an autoimmune th uh, form of thyroid hormone, uh, thyroid disease. I just have hypothyroidism. Um, I have been hyperthyroid before, meaning on too much. So I also understand 
how that is affected and by diet and lifestyle and just life. Um, and the bottom line is that we're, we're Goldilocks situations here as humans, not too hot, meaning hyperthyroid overactive, not too cold, hypo underactive. That's why people who are hypo are often freezing all the time and their temperature adjustments are screwed up. Or if you're hyperthyroid, you're hot and sweaty all the time. Um, and so it's this delicate balance that needs to be uh, nourished in the proper way for the people that don't want an issue because it is your main fat burner and it's your main brain igniter and it's everything that you need to stay happy and healthy is your thyroid. And at the same time too, you know, if you're having an issue, you have to resolve it quickly because you will get something that you otherwise would not have gotten if you weren't in the hypothyroid state. And I tell the story about polycystic ovarian syndrome because People say, well, you know, how could you, you know, were you just with some dumb doctor that just misdiagnosed you? No, if you looked at the ultrasound, I looked exactly like someone who was the profile of polycystic ovarian syndrome. I technically, textbook kind of had it. The question was why? Why the F is this going on? No one asked that question. And so I had to deal with a fibroid and a polyp in my uterus. The fibroid was removed by actually an acupuncturist who told me I can get rid of that, but I can't get rid of the other because of the way that it is. And so I had to get a polyp removed from the lining of my uterus all because of this. I've never had a problem since. I never had a problem beforehand, you know? So you can be led down this patchwork system thinking you have some hormonal issue but the hormonal issue was caused likely by the thyroid. And that is what's going unchecked or they're checking it wrong and going, well, it's not that, must be this. That is where patients are being kept sick. There is a lot there. It's so interesting because they'll often say, so when people have a specialty in a certain medical issue, for example, that they often think everything relates to that. So, you know, if somebody is like, a Lyme specialist, they'll say everything is due to Lyme disease. If somebody is a, a specialist in methylation, they'll say it's all about methylation. That said, the thyroid, as you discuss in your book, really truly is the master gland, which really truly is driving you know the metabolic processes and the functioning of everything in the body. So I think if there is one case where you could safely say that everything could oftentimes relate to a thyroid problem... I think it would be the thyroid. Well, and here's the thing. It's even if it's not, okay, so let's say that, right, like like you said about the Lyme disease, you know, or someone's like EBV causes everything, even thyroid problems. Okay, that's fine. That's That could be possible in, in certain cases. Here's the thing though. It still always go back to that. You must check it because if the thyroid is off, something else is wrong. It doesn't mean you have an inherent thyroid problem, okay? But it's it's the major indicator to look at first regardless to go, if this ain't working right, other stuff's off. So yes, you could have Lyme's disease, go through and have a thyroid uh, screw up during that time, have it be off, somehow maybe fix the problem and the thyroid comes back normally. Or you have heavy metals, right? And silver fillings in your mouth, maybe that's affecting your thyroid. You get that removed, blah, blah, blah. And then you know, clean out and great. The thyroid recalibrates. Excellent. It's still all about the thyroid though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I think that's like a, a nuance that definitely needs to be understood in the picture just because of what I just said about, you know, people thinking it's one thing. And I think a lot, so when people are going to resonate because you brought up the PCOS and the hormones and, you know, thinking that it's this one thing when the thyroid is such a key factor. And I will just say as a side note, L. so... <laughs> I actually in high school was put on birth control for acne 
like because it helps acne, mm-hmm. which looking back, it's similar too. It's like, why? <laughs> like I was getting acne. I mean, it could have been hormonal, it could have been diet, it could have been a lot of things, but going on birth control, I do not think was the answer. And looking back, if you look back at like my pictures throughout high school, I mean, I've never been overweight by standards, but definitely when I went on to the birth control, substantial changes in my inflammation, my weight, things like that. So I definitely relate to you there. Well, you know, I want to highlight something you said there about the skin. So this is really interesting. Uh, And this is, again, where doctors are learning, even where you don't suspect it, uh, which is wonderful, where I went to my dermatologist recently just to do a yearly like, hey, check my body just in case, not worried, but like, let's just do this. And then I was uh, to get a facial there. And I was talking to him because he knew I wrote a thyroid book and he said, you know, I've got this patient, she's suffering with like horrible acne and I just saw her thyroid. He said, what thyroid test do I need? I want to make sure I gave her the right ones. First of all, thank God he had a great ego at a nice balance to be able to ask me, who's not a doctor, hey, you seem to know a little bit more maybe than I even do about this part of medicine. So, and I check the test. I go, yes, these are the correct tests. And then, you know, if you need help interpreting them, let me know. Anyway, I go back then, um, or this was, this was like a year ago, but then I recently went back and he said, oh my God, do you remember that patient? Cause she happened to be in there the same day again. He goes, remember that patient that was in the next room? She is just beyond thrilled for the first time in her life. She suffered ever. And everyone tried to treat her as an allergist. Like she was allergic to these foods and giving her shots. And that's what he was doing even in the office. And cause he's an allergist as well. And he, it was just amazing that he was like, she had a thyroid problem. They put her on, you know, thyroid hormone replacement. And now her skin is completely cleared. It's absolutely miraculous. And I said to him, and I go, listen, see, I go, please know from now on, you have anyone that comes in here with horrible skin problems, check their thyroid first. Just check their thyroid, you know? And and in that case, my gosh, this woman was, uh, I think like 35-ish or something. She's been suffering for 20 years. She's like overjoyed. But but also imagine going, wait, what? So no one thought of that? All? <laughs> like, you know, I mean, that's, that's the situation you're in as a patient. You're like, are you effing kidding me? So 20 years I went to all these specialists, all you MFA, and then you did not find this out. And I had, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's amazing. And the way that she really found out is through my doctor who was just attentive to thyroid because I had said that to him and knew I wrote a book, right? How wonderful. That's why we got to keep spreading this information because you never know where it's going to get in the right hands and affect someone where you did not think. I never thought that in the office of my dermatologist, I'd be helping a patient in the other room who's been suffering for 20 years just because all of a sudden the doctor is a little bit new, hip to the fact that thyroid, oh yeah, like, oh yeah, thyroid, forgot about that one. You know what I mean? It's insane. It's going back to what you were saying in the beginning about how thyroid issues are so prevalent and then at the same time, how do you say it? Levothyroxine? Levothyroxine. Synthroid. Mm-hmm. That's T4 only. By the way, that to, to people listening real quick, don't ever do the generic if you're on it. Yeah. We'll be going into detail on the hormones, but it's kind of crazy that you said that's the most prescribed medication, correct? In the US? Synthroid, yes. Which is the brand name. It's the number one. It is crazy to me that it's the number one medication. This condition is rampant and yet the conventional approach to it looks at only two factors to indicate, which would be TSH and T4 in general, when the picture is actually insanely more complicated than that. So 
Elle, would you like to provide a, a general overview of how the thyroid works and how the actual thyroid hormones work, what they indicate, as well as TSH, which a lot of people think is a thyroid hormone, but is actually not a thyroid hormone. Um, would you like to give listeners a foundation sure. so we can jump in? Yeah, I'm going to do foundations. And then if something's not clear or needs to be clarified from you listening on your end, you know, let me know. Um, all right. So here's the thing. Thyroid, for people that don't know, is at the base of your neck. Okay. So if you're a man, it's under your Adam's apple. So we can all picture a man's Adam's apple and kind of see where it might be. And it's a butterfly-shaped organ. And what happens is, is we have a pituitary gland in the back of our brains. And it's sort of like a sensor. That's how we can look at it. And when it senses that our body is low in thyroid hormones, it shoots out a wake-up call, a signal called the TSH. And that stands for thyroid stimulating hormone. It's not a thyroid hormone. It's just a signal. And so it says, yo, thyroid, please wake up. This person needs some thyroid hormones. Start doing your job. The thyroid, when it's working normally, goes, okay, got the message, and produces about 80 to 90% of a hormone called T4 and about 9 to 20% of a hormone called T3. And I'm going to explain why there's two, what the deal is. And it sounds complicated if you're listening at first, but trust me, this actually is really logical and easy to understand. So the body pumps out mostly T4, a little bit T3, and then throughout the day as you need it, the T4 converts into T3. Why does it do that? What's the difference between the two of them? Okay, T3 is the biologically active thyroid hormone. It's the only one. There's no other thyroid hormone that keeps you alive at all. You could live your whole life without T4. I've lived eight years without T4 in my body pretty much. You don't need it because unless it converts into th the thing that matters. So let me explain. T3 is the biologically active, like direct, powerful. That's the fat burner. That's the stuff that bodybuilders jam themselves with for eight weeks to try to burn fat before a competition. That's where it's abused is in that situation. And that's a very powerful hormone. T4 is the storage hormone for that. So T4 is useless unless it converts into the powerful thing that matters. T3 is the thing that matters, okay? Why does it pump it out in these ratios and why does it even bother converting? Like, why not just give me the thing that I need, right? Why do this whole conversion thing? What's up with that middleman situation? The reason is, is because T3 is so powerful and so direct that T4 sort of acts like a slow release mechanism. You can almost imagine it. It builds up and then it si sort of decides. Let's say you go on like a 10-hour walk one day and it's like, oh, damn, okay, we need to convert more of this T4 into T3 for her, right? Or it needs to dial it back, such as you've been starving or you're without food for a while or you're starving yourself or you're in a wrong paradigm. We'll get to that later. And then the body and the primal response is, oh, this chick's starving. We're not going to actually convert any more of this T T4 into T3 into, you know, the more of the innocuous nothing into this powerful fat burner because she's in danger right now right? She's not getting any food. So we're going to dial it back. The way that it dials it back is through something called reverse T3. So here's the thing. The brain sends a signal, wake up. That's the TSH to the thyroid. Thyroid says, got it. Pumps out mostly T4, a little bit of T3. As you need it throughout the day, the T4 is there sort of doing your deciding for you and it's converting into T3 as you need it. When a threat happens or a wrong message is sent or Lyme or heavy metals, we'll get into that later, 
all of that stuff, if there's a sense as any threat whatsoever, or it has too much for some reason, like a, a hyperthyroidism disease, it will do its job to save your life by dialing it back through an emergency break called reverse T3. Reverse T3 is the inactive form of the powerful T3. And so throughout the day, this is a natural process, meaning everyone with normal thyroid hormones who aren't on thyroid hormones have this process every day. The body, da, 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 it converts what's the T4 that's not used, that's not converted into T3 for that day, will kind of wash itself out throughout the body sort of by converting into the inactive form. You can run into problems though when it overconverts into the inactive form, that's called a reverse T3 form of hypothyroidism. I experienced that. Or you can just have regular hypothyroidism that doesn't involve reverse T3 in terms of it being a problem, but it does involve you not getting enough T3 in whatever way that is. Sometimes that could look like the TSH signal being extremely low already, meaning signal's not even being sent. Is something wrong with the pituitary? It's not even waking up the gland. There could be that connection. The connection could also be, well, it's pumping out the stuff, but it's not converting. That's the reverse T3. Or it's pumping out the stuff and it's converting, but not into enough. Um, or it's pumping out and converting, but there's a problem based on how it's being metabolized because of what this person is or isn't doing in their life or what their nutrient profile is, et cetera. And so there's a million ways that can cause and da-da-da thyroid problem, but that's it. Signal is sent. So when doctors only test the TSH, they are not testing the thing that matters. And I talk about this in my book. You don't go on Amazon and order something, and then if you don't get it, you don't keep ordering it. Hi, friends. Do you want to come hang out with me and Dave Asprey and so many other guests I've had on the show? You simply must come to the 10th annual biohacking conference, May 30th through June 1st in Dallas, Texas. And of course, I have a massive discount code for you guys. I went last year to the one in Orlando and it was one of the most fun times of my entire life. I met and got to hang out with so many guests that I've had on the show. I met so many of you guys. And of course, there's lots of Danger Coffee and Dave Asprey approved meals and dry farm wines. And that's just the social aspect. The conference itself is mind blowing. They have this incredible expo where they have all the biohacking supplements, all the biohacking things. You can learn about them, try samples, meet the creators and founders. If you haven't tried a lot of biohacking things, it's a great chance to actually try them out in person. Things like brain tap, infrared sauna, hyperbaric oxygen chambers, and so much more. There are so many incredible speakers as well. You can hear talks from people I've had on the show like Paul Saladino, Dr. Daniel Amen, Dr. Sarah Gottfried, Dr. Mercola, Dr. Anna Kabeka, and that is just a few of them. I seriously had the time of my life last year, and I would love to hang out with you guys. And you can get 35% off tickets. Just go to melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference and use the coupon code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. That's melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference with the code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. This code can be used for general admission or for VIP access. Seating is limited. They do sell out. They sold out last year. So get your ticket now. And if you come, definitely let me know because I want to meet you. So hopefully see you guys in Dallas. MelanieAvalon.com slash biohacking conference with coupon code BCMelanie. Get your tickets now. I'll see you guys there. Hi friends. 
So I'm sort of haunted by clothes. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I love wearing all the new clothes all the time. And I know that that is not really sustainable and not good for the planet. That's why I am thrilled that there is now a way to get all of the clothes with none of the waste. And I'm going to tell you how you can get unlimited clothes with no waste for a month for free. That's right, I now have a website for both myself and you guys where you can get free unlimited clothes with free shipping, free exchanges, nonstop from all of the hottest brands, and it is so incredibly easy. It's called MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. We have so many incredible brands, including my favorites like BCBG, Calvin Klein, and so many more. Think like a hundred brands. There are so many options. And the way it works is when you get a subscription, you search through the clothes, pick what you want. They send it to you with fast, easy shipping. You wear it as long as you want. And then when you're ready for more clothes, you just drop it off in their prepackaged envelope and get your next round. It is so incredibly cool. They have multiple plans. The starter plan gives you two pieces at a time. Friends, I actually have a little secret hacked. Don't tell them that I told you this. When you get your two pieces, you can actually immediately go into your account, click return, and they'll go ahead and send you the next two pieces. So technically you can have four pieces at a time. You also have a cool virtual closet that you can keep stocked with everything you eventually want to order so you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste. Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous. And they don't say this on the website. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? What do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners, or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com to sign up. Free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. Unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. I love you telling the story in the book, listeners. It's so funny. (laughs) Just like thinking about it this way. Because you go, you call tracking, right? Like call up for track. Like you need the package. The package is T3. Do you not get the package? Like, so, so the signal, it doesn't matter. The sig- you can, you can bang on the door all you want of your neighbors. If they don't wake up, I mean, you can't force it. It's not forcing the thyroid's not responding. So it doesn't matter if you're checking the signal. Also, the signal fluctuates greatly. So people have been even misdiagnosed with the thyroid problem when they don't have any symptoms because they, let's say, are fat adapted in the world that we're talking about um, with health, and they go work out fasted, and then they go to their doctor, get their blood drawn, and their TSH is like 3.7 or whatever. Let's say the top of the range is five. Just go zero to five to make it simple. 
and maybe it's up there and the doctor's like, oh my God, I'm concerned your TSH is high. We need to give you Synthroid. This has happened to a couple of people I know in our industry who are so fit, never have had a symptom. So in that case, the doctor's doing another great misservice by claiming someone has a problem when they don't because they're gauging it just on the signal. At that time, he just worked out, he was fasting. Then the, the brain's going, great, okay, this guy needs some stuff now. That's all that is on a blood test. So here's the thing. If it's really high, it's super indicative. So like I have seen a TSH, the top of the range is five, at 150. When it's like that, that means the brain is screaming. It's screaming like, please, please save this person's life. The, the person whose TSH was 150 that I saw was my friend's wife. And I said, oh my God, how are you alive? She said, that's what my doctor said. And so in that case, it's very indicative. But if it's just, you know, within this range, it doesn't matter regardless of even if it were 150, you still have to take these other tests. So to clarify for listeners, because I think it's an easy concept once you grasp it, but just to make it super clear if um, for listeners who are completely new to this. So when TSH is high, that in, in theory from like, you know, conventional approach seems to indicate hypothyroidism because it's, you know, the pituitary screaming um, for the thyroid to make thyroid hormone. And then when it's low, it seems to paint a picture that your body's not asking for more thyroid hormone. So, so just to like get that in there. I'm actually glad you said that. So here's the thing. When I was first, when I first had a thyroid problem, my TSH was very low, but because it was within the range, right? They were like, your thyroid's fine by just testing the TSH. Well, that was low and so was my T4 and so was my T3. I had nothing. So again, they were judging it by something they should never judge it by that was used in 1973, the TSH test. Okay. It's a freaking 46 year old outdated <laughs> test that is used in conjunction with the others. Because here's the thing. If you're having hyperthyroid symptoms, meaning like your heart's racing, you're sweaty, you're, you know, I mean, like it's overacting, you're freaking out, you mean you're pooping all the time, you can't lose weight, like can't gain weight. It's a it's a terrible place to be. It's a level of incredible anxiety. At that point, your TSH on a test would look low because the body's like, all right, you're good. You're over good too much. So it depends. I don't want anyone out there like, it, it, and this is where symptoms obviously go hand in hand. Like does the person have hyposymptoms? Okay. Well then a low TSH probably will correspond with low free T3 and low free T4. If the person has hypersymptoms and they go in and their TSH is low, then that's, that's a, also indicative too, because you know, it should be somewhat within the middle of the range for normal people, usually with again, a span, but it depends. Do they have symptoms or not? And that's where that person who went in for their blood test, even Mark Sisson happened to him too. He was fasting, went in a workout, went to get the blood test. The doctor was like, I'm worried about your thyroid because the, the TSH, everything else was fine. So what do we have to test? We have to test the free T4 and the free T3. The free T3 test, which is what doctors and uninformed doctors have been missing all these years. And it's finally the test that made me go, oh, okay, yeah, I'm severely hypothyroid. I don't have a hormonal problem. I have a thyroid problem. Thanks, everybody, for nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, thanks, thanks, for all, thanks for all the money I lost on you lame-ass doctors. <laughs> so my free T3 was like below the range, like the bottom of the range. I was like, oh, that makes sense. The free T3 test usually corresponds with how someone's feeling. It just does. And from what I just told you about this whole feedback loop, that's what we call it, right? Signal sent, TSH signals for the T4 and the T3 to be released. T4 converts into T3 throughout the day as you need it. Whatever's not used will convert into the inactive form. Boom. Cycle starts all over again. Your body levels drop in thyroid hormone, TSH, 
sends a signal. And again, there could be something wrong at any level of that, but that's the feedback loop. So like in a perfectly functioning thyroid situation person, and I am very jealous of these people, um, in that situation with T4, because you're saying that um, the body creates a certain amount of T4 and T3 each day, I think you said it was 80%, around 80% T4, and then around 7 to 20% T3. Um, so every day, and even in that person who is not having th- thyroid issues, is some of that T4 still becoming reverse T3 anyway on a daily cycle? Yes, totally. Totally. And and again, just whatever's unused, right? Because maybe they, it, it depends on their activity level, their metabolism, their what they're eating, like all of that stuff. But it also would be like, what if they get the flu? So now they have a fever. Now the body's like, ooh, let's dial it back a little bit today. Get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, I liken it sometimes to type 2 diabetes, which is diabetes that is given to yourself, even if it's unbeknownst to you, but it is self-inflicted. I was pre-diabetic. It happened to me too. Sometimes you just don't know better, but it happens. And the only way to really reverse it is the, the diets and lifestyles that you and I talk about. But one of the things about that that's really sad to me when people are just okay with like, well, I'll just go on insulin, right? And not get out of it another way. Now we have just introduced the human brain to another feedback loop. And you know what? The pancreas, that's what it's there for because that's its damn job and you want that to do its job, right? You don't want to go in and take it over because you might overshoot or undershoot at any given time on the insulin because you're a human being trying to decide what you cellularly need. And while we have calculations and glucose monitors and all that kind of stuff to be able to try to exact that science, ooh, you know where I'm going with this, Melanie. So the thing is, is like, when it comes to thyroid and everything else, again, this is why you want it to work right. You want this loop to work right because it's deciding and not deciding for you versus completely taking it over, which is the case of me because I take thyroid hormone every day, but I take the last resort choice of thyroid hormone replacement. And that last resort choice is almost like the insulin where now I have to decide and be the barometer. In the case of a normal person, or in the case of a person who's on thyroid hormone replacement where they have T3 and T4 in their dose, in that case where things are still, you know, the signal won't be sent, okay? So the TSH will kind of go away because the signal won't be sent anymore once you've completely replaced a body with thyroid hormone replacement. Now, because why would the signal be sent? Because your blood's filled with it. So the pituitary goes, cool, I'll shut up. I guess the thyroid doesn't need a wake-up call. It's good. And so that goes over there. Then you still want that conversion to happen, right? With the T4 and T3 that you're swallowing every day. But when it doesn't, meaning you get a reverse T3 problem like I did, and, and there's ways to correct this, but when you can't correct it like I've tried a million times to do, and some people are just poor converters, okay, or maybe missing the enzymes or have a genetic defect and the enzymes responsible for that conversion, however way it happens, now I have to take T3 only. Why is that problematic? Well, it's not really. I could live my whole life fine, but it is a pain in the ass and and requires a lot more tinkering because it is fast and direct and I do not have the storage hormone sort of deciding for me. Does that make sense? Completely. I am so glad you brought that up. And just speaking honestly, for me and my experience, so Elle knows this, but I've been working through my own thyroid issues Then I've had hypothyroidism for a while. And that actually just from like, everything that you just said, just from not philosophical perspective, but 
it is like going on thyroid hormones. I mean, it can revolutionize people's health. And we we definitely need to address the thyroid issue because like we said, and we've been saying, it drives so many factors for really everything that you're experiencing and all of the other potential health conditions that you might experience. There's that, but then there's what you just said. By taking thyroid hormones, you are sort of taking over rather than letting your body naturally, you know, call a, you know, call the shots with the thyroid hormones and stuff. And I think for me personally, it, that's just been something I've been struggling with because I'm like, I don't want to be on thyroid hormones. Okay, I'm so glad you mentioned this though. <laughs> this is good you said this because this is a sentiment that everybody says and that I once said too. And I want to clarify the difference that I just said, like with the insulin example. It's not synonymous with T4, T3, and we'll get into the hormone replacement, but it's it's not really the case with that as much as it's the case with what I take because I have now completely taken out the middleman in every way. So you want the middleman of T4 in a way. If you if you can, if your body can do that, great. And I used to be on a T4, T3 combo. So moving into medication for a second. So we talked, you talked about levothyroxine at the beginning and we talked about that being the number one prescription. So now that we all know how the thyroid hormone works, here's the bottom line. The package is T3. You can give a patient all the F and T4 you want. Is it converting into the thing that matters, keeps them alive, keeps them at a good metabolism, healthy, all the stuff? That's all that matters. So classically endocrinologists from this 1973 BS have been testing, like you said, just TSH and T4. So now that we know how that works, how stupid is that? It's the dumbest thing. You don't even have to ever go to medical school to have just listened to what I just said about the feedback loop, how it works, and to know that that is the dumbest illogical move on planet earth. Number one, it has to convert. And it has to convert into the right amounts. So if you don't even know, if you're not checking the T3, if you're not checking to see, is this stuff converting into the thing that actually matters? Because they, in their old school, 40-year-old, outdated BS, think that T4 is the only thing that matters. And it's not. It's steadier. It's a storage hormone. It's part of this lovely, elegant feedback loop. Okay, let's get back to just T4. There's four types of medications to take for hypothyroidism. Um, The main one that's overprescribed that you know, endocrinologists are like total synthroid T4 Nazis. Here's why. In the late 1800s, there was this genius English physician where people had a bunch of goiters, meaning enlarged thyroids, like basketball size, you know, grapefruit size stuff on their neck. And he extracted sheep thyroid gland and injected into these people. Oh, it worked. So thus came a medication called natural desiccated thyroid, which is essentially like chopped up dried pig gland. Okay. That's what it is. And that was the go-to treatment for hypothyroidism for years. And in chopped up desiccated pig thyroid gland, which is called NDT for short or natural desiccated thyroid. Now people might hear armor, nature thyroid, Canada urfa. Yes, that's all NDT. It's all desiccated pig thyroid gland. So we're just going to talk about it universally. This is a combination of T4 and T3, okay? That is a combination. Now, let's go back to my discussion of the thyroid. 80 to 90% of T4, and we're not exactly sure, roughly though, the thyroid will produce when it's normal. 80 to 90% T4, 9 to 20% T3. So our own bodies are not relying on conversion alone. Our bodies don't just pump out T4. They don't. It also pumps out some of the other. So 
back to this English physician who was genius. He discovered NDT, perfect, has a combination of T4 and T3 in it. Boom, people getting better. 1950s roll around. You cannot patent desiccated thyroid gland. So they came up with Synthroid, which is T4 only. And they touted it as being the best thing on planet Earth, got every endocrinologist behind them, took all the patients off of NDT, started doing propaganda against NDT, talking about it being unstable, all this type of stuff. The only time NDT has been unstable is when the pharmaceutical companies change the fillers and things like that in it that affect patients negatively. It's not because of anything else other than their formulation. Okay. It's not stable. It's always stable in terms of it's got the right amount of T4 and T3 in each pill. It's standardized. So they put all this propaganda against them and then they came out with T4 and they're like, this is the end all be all treatment for thyroid patients. End of story. Well, again, you don't have to be a doctor to understand that that's really dumb. It's not even endocrine mimicry. It's not, which is why Synthroid and T4 often fails patients. It failed. Now it's, it works for some and they're doing great. It often, I've just seen it fail more often than not where someone's been on Synthroid for a long time and they get left in the dust by it. Is that because maybe they need some direct T3-2 in their lives? Because that's how our bodies work? All right, yeah, you know where I'm going with that. You, that's kind of what I think. All right, so the next choice that's optimal is anything that's a T4, T3 combo, and it could be done in a variety of ways. You've got NDT, which is in and of itself, you can't separate the hormones in each certain milligrams. You've got a exact amount of T4 and T3 in each pill. But if you're Jewish or you have other issues with eating anything that comes from an animal um, or pork, then you can do a combination of like a Synthroid and a T3 that would be in those similar amounts or an amount that's right for you. So that's usually the best choice of treatment. And that's the treatment that no one should even really be afraid. Well, no one should be afraid of any treatment, but that's the one that's the easiest because that's the most endocrine mimicry. And so therefore, you, you the T4 is doing the job for you. It's not like the thing with the insulin where you have to worry about your human brain. You know, you just need to like get to the right amount, check your tests every now and then, check your symptoms and be like, okay, great. Smooth sailing for life. Done. You have pregnancies, do whatever, live your life normally. It's great. You're a normal person. The trouble you run into is where me, where... Uh, well, it's not trouble, but it's just the pain in the ass of the last choice of thyroid hormone replacement, which is, by the way, you can also do T4 and T3 compounded, meaning a doctor has to know how to use a compounding pharmacy. And compounded is basically probably the cleanest version of T4 and T3. So if people are sensitive to certain fillers in Synthroid or certain fillers in Cytomel, so Synthroid is the brand name for T4 and Cytomel is the brand name for T3. They all have generic names, levothyroxine, right, is generic for that. And lyothyronine is the, the generic name for uh, T3 or Cytomel. So both of these things might have fillers in it that could affect people or their allergies or whatever. So in that case, compounded T4, T3. So essentially you have Synthroid, then you have an NDT, natural desiccated, or a T4, T3 sort of synthetic combination, uh, whether it's Cytomel and Synthroid or compounded T4, T3. Then the last resort choice, which is what I've been on for several, like eight years now, is T3 only, meaning I do not take any T4. So here's why that's the case. T4, in that process of, hey, it's uh, great, Melanie needs a little bit T3, we're going to convert here. Oh, she just did a two-hour hike. Yeah, we're going to convert some more. And then it you know flushes out through a reverse T3 process, whatever's not used. That's lovely, but when you have a reverse T3 problem like me that can't be resolved, T3 is the only thing that doesn't convert into reverse T3. 
it's the only, it's my, it's a lifesaver. It's a lifesaver to be able to have that hormone isolated because now I have said, well, you know what, body, I don't care if you don't want to convert it. Don't have to. I'm going to give it to you directly. F you. But that means that my mind and my attention to it has to be way more focused than somebody who just takes NDT every day or a T4, T3 combo. You just pop that and not even think about it and go about your life. I have more adjustments, whether it be during times of year, activity levels, or let's say I did get the flu tomorrow, I would kind of consciously know to maybe dial back my dose a little bit. Or, you know what I mean? Because your body would be naturally doing that because you're taking T4 and T3. So no one should ever worry about being on thyroid hormone replacement. The only reason I say the trouble you run into is when you're on T3 only. That's the only kind of, if you don't have to go there, you don't want to. You want the feedback loop to work, whether you're taking thyroid hormones or whether you're a normal person. Now, normal people get reverse T3 issues, meaning you don't have to take thyroid hormone replacement to be a normal person in this world and have a reverse T3 issue. It happens all the time. Stress, lifestyle, everything, heavy metals, lime, all the stuff, it, it can make your body go, I'm not converting. I'm not converting because it's sensing a threat of some kind. doesn't matter if that threat is inflammation related or... I would, you know, I guess we would say all stress is inflammation, but, or that kind of inflammation. Um, it could be going through a really rough, you know, divorce for a year, or it, it could be staying up all night, being a medical student, freaking out. You can get a reverse T3 problem for any, re it could be nutrient deficiencies like selenium. So nor everyone can have all variations of, of this. I, I know someone who had a tooth infection they didn't deal with and they got hyperthyroidism. They kind of got a, a terrible bout of an autoimmune reaction to whatever was going on with this infection. And then once they finally took care of their tooth and healed, and luckily they knew a lot about health and nutrition, uh, everything went, their thyroid went back to normal. So the messages we send ourselves, food, drugs, vitamins, everything affects movement, affects how, sleep, how we, how our thyroids are going to act or, or not act. And then sometimes you just like me and another author, Paul Robinson, who wrote the definitive book on T3 dosing. He's another patient who for his whole life, he could never tolerate T4. No one could figure this out for years. And then he finally wrote this book about it. And he got to the bottom of it. He's now in his sixties and he's been on T3 only like me for many years. And he helped me save my life when I was in that situation because very few doctors understand T3 only dosing or a reverse T, a chronic reverse T3 problem. And he finally discovered, like once genetic tests became popular a couple of years ago, he finally took the genetic test for these two enzymes, D1 and D2, diodinase, that are responsible for the conversion of T4 to T3. And he found out that he had a defective gene from both of his parents on that. No wonder Paul Robinson, for his whole life, could never tolerate T3. So all these doctors were giving him T4 his whole life. Synthroid, he was a mess. His life, he lost his job. He's still repairing the relationship with his kids. I mean, this can ruin an entire life sometimes, this disease. And it has. And so, you know, it's amazing because his contributions are incredible, but they're also go to show you. So what the hell are you doing just testing this TSH and this T4, man? What? No. Are they getting the package? And, you know, not only that, if you don't, if your doctor's not testing reverse T3, then they really don't know what's up. Then why? I had a doctor try to give me more T4 when I was in a reverse T3 problem. And I said, you don't understand. You're going to hurt me. You're giving me more of the thing that's converting into the thing that's not converting into the thing. Like you're giving me more of the thing that doesn't matter, the innocuous form of it. You're going to make it worse. 
and they didn't understand that. So the only thing that doesn't convert into reverse T3 is T3 by itself. So that's the only reason to be on that last resort choice. And it doesn't mean that's forever. I also want to say that being on thyroid hormone is not a life sentence either. Sometimes you got to get on it in order to get to the right primordial platform base of your body to be able to detox, handle, repair, correct, get back into a state of normality. Then you can attempt at some point when you're like, okay, feel awesome. Maybe you've been on it a year. Maybe it's been a couple of years. And then you're like, all right, you know, I'm going to try to get off it. You can do that. You can see if your thyroid will recalibrate after three months. So it's not a life sentence when you go on it. And if you have to and it's a life sentence, it's okay. There's millions of people that have plenty of healthy pregnancies and wonderful lives and everything's great. And I'm even on the last resort choice that most doctors, most doctors would look at my blood work and be like, oh my God, what? They wouldn't even know what to do with it because they wouldn't understand it. And yet I'm living this amazing life and thank God for that, you know, that I help say <laughs> they got my life got saved. But at the end of the day, T3 is really all you need. I'm here to tell you because um, I have a really healthy head of hair. I have great skin. Um, everything is completely normal. My brain's on fire uh, all the time and high level of output and capacity and exercise stamina and toleration and normal metabolism. You know, now I'm just like a normal person. I eat too much crap, I get a little fat, you know, and I, it, it's just normal. Now life is normal because I take enough of the thing that I didn't have. So no one should be scared about it because unlike the birth control pill, which manipulates your body into doing something it wasn't even meant to do, that's why that sucker comes with 10 pages of really harsh possible side effects. And it also robs you of your thyroid, by the way. So if someone was on birth control pill for many years, as I was uh, back in the day, that also could be an igniter of it too, because it really robs you of testosterone and your thyroid. So, you know, thyroid hormones are not manipulating your body into tricking it into, you know, it's not the commercials we see on television. That's all stuff that like is really meant to F with however your body was naturally supposed to work. Thyroid hormones aren't. They're giving you what you need to live. That was a beautiful picture and that I'm so glad you said that. It kind of was making me think that it's kind of like the difference between, you know, if somebody is struggling with insomnia, for example, the difference between taking a pharmaceutical drug that just completely knocks you out and doesn't even support the sleep state compared to maybe taking natural supplements, which encourage your brain to naturally instigate, you know, the sleep process. And then you don't, might not need to be taking those for life, but once you get your sleep habits back to normal, you might not need to take those, you know, every night. I'm thinking, for example, of like Dr. Kirk Parsley sleep remedy, which is all natural ingredients and it helps you, um, you know, naturally fall asleep. So I feel like that might be like a similar comparison where you're, you're supporting the natural system. You're not like taking over with a pharmaceutical drug that just completely wiping everything out. And then ultimately you might not even need to be on that long-term. So it seems like with people who have thyroid issues that, because we said a lot here, that there's a lot of different routes that you can go and there are potential cost benefits to each of them. So so l- let me say this and you can let me know if this is like a correct picture. So an individual will obviously have to find the thyroid supplementation protocol that works for their body. And like Alice was saying, it's very complicated. It depends on so many things. It depends on where the issue is. So the the go-to thing that most conventional doctors do is the T4 only. If that works for you, the benefits are that you're just, you're giving your body the storage hormone and then it's converting it when it needs it to T3. You do have the potential problem of T3 
converting into reverse T3, which could block T3. So there's a potential problem there. And then if you have conversion issues that it's not even like Elle was saying, it's not even going to do anything. Um, then you have like the, the T4, T3 combo or NDT, which that brings in you have the added benefit of having of actually having the T3. So if you have, you know, problems with the T4, there's that there. If you go the NDT route, you have the the approach of it being quote natural, which when I first started getting into the um researching the whole thyroid thing, I started initially on NDT. And I did have those fears, like I was saying, about it being not natural or me taking over the system or something like that. But I was reassured in a way by the idea of NDT because I was thinking, A, it's sort of like a food. I mean, not really, but it's coming from an animal. I'm like, well, if you you eat pork ribs, I mean, really no different. (laughs) Yeah. I was reading that historically, we would actually be, in theory, naturally getting some of the thyroid gland when we were eating nose to tail. Um, So that sort of reassured me. I actually... I actually went to Whole Foods. Did I tell you this about the thyroid gland? Did you buy some desiccated thyroid gland or something? No. I um, So I was like researching all of this. I realized that there are thyroid glands in like chicken necks. Yeah. And so I went to Whole Foods and they actually had chicken necks, but apparently sometimes they take the thyroid gland out of the chicken neck. So I, was, I went up to the Whole Foods guy and I was like, do these chicken necks have the thyroid gland in them? And he looked at me like I- Oh, I think you told me that. Yeah. Who are you? And then his response, yeah, he was he was like, I've worked here for 10 years and nobody has ever asked me that. Um, well, because it actually has hormones in it too, right? So it can be, you know, you don't want to like. Yeah. So I imagine they probably probably do take it out. I don't think he ever got back to me. But um, coming back to the discussion. So I want to clarify something about the NDT. So here's the thing. When you're taking any of these things, you are overtaking the feedback loop. It's just in what way are you overtaking it and making sure that when you do, you're looking at it the right way so that you get optimized. Do you know what I'm saying? So essentially when you're taking NDT, you're shutting, you're, you're somewhat shutting down the feedback loop. And here's the thing. So the TSH signal gets more suppressed, meaning quieter when it has direct T3, which is why labs look different on all of these things. Um, and so that signal is going to start to get suppressed. The problem is that doctors are basing patients' health and wellness based on where the TSH is or the T4. Either way, it doesn't matter if it's one or the other, both. I'm a success story in my book, Kara, her endocrinologist, she went through two miscarriages, all sorts of junk. The endocrinologist, we look back eight years, he only tested TSH and T4. That's it. And never tested it for Hashimoto's um, and just kept saying, well, it's not your thyroid. Just keep working out. She's like, yo, I'm, run- I'm training for a marathon, asshole. Like, so, you know, This is standard endocrinologist practice is to look at the feedback loop in the wrong way. Again, judging everything based on the signal, not the package. And the package is T3. So it doesn't matter how you get it. If you can do it off Synthroid, okay, that'd be really easy and it's super cheap. Great. That's great for you. But the more optimal and not because OT3 is there in case the T4, it's more like, well, you have some T3 there because that's how natural thyroids work. They don't rely on T4 conversion alone. Otherwise, our thyroids would only pump out T4. Then the argument could be made that T4 only is the ideal medication for sure, but it's not the case. Our thyroids don't. And that's why NDT or a T4, T3 combo is the most ideal and usually works the best for people because it is a combination of both. Oh, and quick question about NDT. 
um, while we, while we're talking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it also contains oh, NDT, not compounded, but NDT also contains T1 and T2. What what are your thoughts on those hormones and how they relate? Right. T1, T2, calcitonin, it's almost not worth going through the discussion of them. I mean, anyone could just look them up. Uh, the, people say like, oh, it's good you're getting the full spectrum. There's no studies or anything from any of the doctors or research that I've done that shows that those things are needed you know what I mean? To live a great life. And clearly we have tons of examples of millions of people who've gone through life on thyroid hormone without those things and desiccated. Um, but some people are like, well, this is the whole thing, right? Um, it still has been shown that T1, T2 and calcitonin, while important, are not necessarily things that your thyroid might not already be pumping out a little bit anyway, even if you're not taking NDT. And also not critical. It's almost like, well, T4 is great and it's there, but clearly it's not critical because I've been living without it for eight years and thriving. So it's like, is it, is there some value in it that we may don't know? Is there, is it good to have a little bit of it? And the only reason that it would be quote, good to have a little bit of it in case that, okay, you're on a stranded Island. And then you're like, all right, well, I have some T4 in here for a while before I die. (laughs) It's like, okay, then we're talking about an extreme like survivor (laughs) scenario, which those are the only times where that like would be applicable, if that makes sense. You know, yeah, that's perfect. And then just to wrap up the, those three things. So then there's the T3 only, which in that you are, like Elle said, you're just applying the T3. You don't have to worry about it converting to reverse T3. But like Elle said, you're very much, you are, you know, driving everything. And you have to dose more. So patients on T3 only dose like three to five times a day. That's... I dose three times a day, but I used to dose five. So um, now that's because I'm using direct T3. So within T3, there's two choices. You have direct T3, which is the fast acting, just direct stuff. Uh, That also is an NDT. It's direct. Um, The other is like slow release T3, right? So a doctor might prescribe slow release T3 taken once or twice a day that releases a steady stream of T3. The reason that's not necessarily considered ideal, or I don't think it is, although it's worked for a lot of people, it's hard to get that one right because see, if you can't feel it directly as the patient, then it may peak and drop where you don't need it. For example, I do a tailored dose strategy where I do more in the morning and then less throughout the day. And that's usually how the thyroid hormones work anyway. Our adrenals need T3 to make cortisol and work. So that's why I usually need more of a morning dose or a larger dose in the morning. Um, Patients on NDT, depending on their dose, either do once or twice a day. People on Synthroid usually do once a day. Um, And then people on T3 only, again, if you're doing direct T3 like me, then that's, well, that's, got to bring pills with you everywhere you go. I know this can seem a little bit overwhelming for listeners or might seem really complicated. And we could go into the details of you know, looking at your labs and what that would indicate. But in the interest of time and topics, and because it is so individual, so in Elle's book, The Paleothyroid Solution, she has, it's guys, it's all there. It's all there. So what labs to get, what to look for, what it means. And then there's also this, there's, you do like temperature testing to, you know, check um, how you're responding to things. So I think I'm going to refer you listeners, if you want to address your thyroid issues with the labs and everything like that, definitely get her book because it it, it is all there. So I will say that because I'd love to 
tackle some other topics surrounding the thyroid if you're open to it. Yeah. Do you want to say anything at all about like the the temperatures and all and like all of that stuff, or shall we just have listeners? get your book, which it's, I mean, it's such a valuable resource. Yeah. I mean, you can really self-diagnose sort of a impending potential thyroid issue from just doing temperatures at home. And so that's really an important thing to start. You could start there and then get the blood work, but the blood work is really important. And I also do have a free thyroid guide on my website. You can click it and it has all the tests to get, what time to take it. It's a really in-depth thyroid guide that's like, hey, listen, you know, this whole thing is expensive, right? There's a lot of cost to getting better in this world, especially when it comes to thyroid and all of the tangential factors that I'm assuming you'll touch on in a minute. And so it's really important for me to give out the information. I, I hate it when I listen to a podcast. I'm like, just tell me what to get tested. Like, don't make me buy your book. I mean, hey, buy my book. You'll be inspired. And it's really wonderful. And has an incredible Q&A with Dr. Forsman, who's a functional paleo doctor in the back. But other than that, I mean, go get the free thyroid guide on my website, lrust.com. And then you can boom, at least start with getting tested properly. From there, uh, you, you'll, you'll get your answers, you know? That is perfect. So for listeners... The show notes for today's episode will be at melanieavalon.com slash thyroid. I will put a link there to that guide that Elle has. So wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. I'm so happy. Um, So definitely listeners, definitely check that out. So moving on to a few other topics surrounding the thyroid, health and lifestyle and nutrition. What are some of the key dietary approaches and nutrients that are very important for thyroid health. And and this is another question. Do you think that somebody could completely reverse their thyroid condition through dietary means alone? Or do you think there are cases where supplementation is necessary? Oh, it's happened through diet many, many times. Listen, sometimes, listen, I've seen someone turn around Hashimoto's in like six, eight weeks. And let me tell you, what it was. It was a friend of mine who has seen me go through all this thyroid stuff for the years. She never has had a thyroid issue that I knew of. Uh, couldn't tell, great fit, whatever. Like No problems, never complained about it. She went through all the tragedy that was my experiences. She would have clearly at some point been like, oh, that's happening to me too. Nothing like that. Then years go by. It's like we're friend, been friends for a very long time, but like then I don't know, it's like 10 years go by. And she hears me talking to somebody in an interview after my book is uh, published where I'm talking about the mental state of the kind of depression and general malaise or the mind stuff, the cognitive things that happen um, and emotional things that happen. And I get off the phone call and she's got tears in her eyes. And I'm like, oh my God, what? And she's like, you just basically described how I'm feeling in my head. And so we had this talk and I started to realize, you know, I had asked her over the past year, I had been worried about her being depressed because I noticed this listlessness in her and this way of like me talking to her and her just sort of not comprehending, almost like sort of a drunk person where like you're talking through them. They're not even like, you know, she's like and, and she wasn't drunk though. And, and I noticed her sort of gaining a lot of weight, but you know, I wasn't going to like fat shame my friend. I was more worried about the fact that she didn't seem to be interested in health and wellness like she had been in terms of she always did yoga or exercise. You know, she was very like active. And so I thought, well, she's really given up on herself. What's going on? So I just thought, is she depressed? That was my thing. I did not think thyroid. So anyway, finally she says that. And I said, well, listen, let's just do some basic tests. And we got our thyroid tested. We tested ferritin and, you know, B12 and some other things. But uh, now here's the weird thing. 
at the time, I wasn't even thinking like Hashimoto's, so I don't know why, but I, I must have checked it because I checked to get tested for Hashimoto's, and it turns out she was positive. And her thyroid was off, but she was positive for the antibodies. And then I said, hey, have you been eating a lot of gluten? Just be honest. <laughs> and she was like, actually, I've been eating a shit ton of like bread and carbs and stuff, actually. And I'm like, okay. I was like, okay, because that ignites Hashimoto's antibodies. So talking about health here, grains, gluten especially, and I can explain why if you if you want later. And so then I said, all right. And then her ferritin was kind of low, the iron storage, and B12 was really low. And so, I, you know, it was just like, hey, cut the shit with the diet. Get on a primal, you know, she, I'm a primal health coach. I'm like her best friend. So boom, <laughs> she already knows. She's heard me enough. She knew what to do. She has all the books. She's got Mark Sisson's books. It's like, just, you know what to do. So she did all of that. And within eight weeks, like, oh my God, she had deflated like 15 pounds probably of inflammation. Her skin and her eyes, her brain was lit up. You were talking to her, she was there. Her hair, which had always been like a bane of her existence in terms of being like flat and no body and nothing was like poofy and like just alive. And I was like, what happened? Oh my God. You know, and then another, uh, several people have come up to me at events like Paleo FX and elsewhere, um, or success stories of mine who let's say had a child or just weren't eating the right way or something kind of threw them off and they just needed to go paleo primal and clean up their diet and that totally turned it around. So absolutely you can turn it around. There are people that keep their Hashimoto's at bay due to diet and lifestyle and don't even have to go on thyroid hormone. Now Hashimoto's is different. So the reason that's kind of controllable or if you catch it early enough and can, can control it through diet and lifestyle is Hashimoto's is an autoimmune form of hypothyroidism. And so the immune system makes a mistake and it starts attacking the thyroid gland. One of the reasons it'll attack it more, meaning antibodies higher, okay, is when you introduce gluten or grains and some other things can be offensive to it too, like dairy and other inflammatory anything inflammatory because again, antibodies equal inflammation, right? So anything that's going to trigger inflammation is going to trigger something that already was brewing with antibodies somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And so Hashimoto's, uh, the, the gluten, there's the protein and gluten almost mimics some of the thyroid tissue. So that's why when you eat gluten, the antibodies raise and the immune system starts attacking, essentially trying to murder the thyroid and kill it. And it'll eventually completely kill it. And you don't, you want to catch it because you don't want it to completely, you know, like my thyroid's probably mostly atrophied by now after many, many years on thyroid hormone replacement. It could kick back though and recalibrate maybe someday if I try it again to get off, but I've tried enough times and I'm like, all right, so that's fine. But at the end of the day, like with Hashimoto's, if you, you just don't want the immune system to keep attacking it. Also, you don't want the antibodies high because again, they eat equal inflammation equal be getting more inflammatory and more autoimmune issues. So you could have Hashimoto's out of control. And what that could look like is you're allergic to everything. Like the success story in my book, uh, Kara, again, the one who was not tested all those years, never knew she had Hashimoto's, didn't know anything about grains, was skinny, tall, living a great life on thyroid hormone replacement on compounded T4, T3 for, for, for years after we finally figured it out and doing really well. But then her antibodies, the TPO antibodies were always at like 300. And let's say the top of the range is 35. Um, people can get them up into the thousands, but hers were like, you know, 300. And she couldn't feel them per se, because she's on thyroid hormone replacement. So she couldn't feel them in the background, but you're not getting away with it 
because that's still inflammation. And the goal with Hashimoto's is to get those antibodies as low as possible and even to undetectable levels. Okay. So again, immune stuff is like, you got to get rid of sparking it uh, in any way. And people, if it's been sparked and they catch it through diet and lifestyle quickly, can avoid going on thyroid hormone replacement and kind of feel well. But when they get off track, then they start to feel like crap. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was thinking we needed to definitely clarify about the Hashimoto's because it's actually, um, isn't it, is it the most common form of hypothyroidism today? I'm not sure what the current statistic on that is. I mean, I think it's like at least 30% of cases, but I mean, it's on the rise actually. And again, just because of our lifestyle and toxicity and people's diets. Um, but it can be, so, I mean, back to the original question, you absolutely can control this. And that's part of it. I mean, look, the main goal is do everything you can to naturally get this whole feedback loop and all of the information coming to your thyroid in sync. Okay. Selenium, yeah, zinc, iodine. But I say those things and you don't go out and buy Lugol's iodine and take five milligrams of iodine a day and all that kind of stuff. People will look up iodine and go, I'll just take iodine. No, no, no. Just take, you know, take a natural, maybe thyroid support formula or something. Um, you know, clean out the diet, uh, chill, get to sleep, do all of the things we, you know, you talk about in your book and, and, and mine as well. And when you do those things and you start to get metabolically efficient and calorically efficient, it can turn around. And if it doesn't, well, then at least you have done your best to clean up this meat suit that will now need to accept and metabolize thyroid hormones properly because you've got to take them. It's a win-win situation really because the dietary and lifestyle approach that does best support thyroid health is really supportive of health in general. So can't really go wrong there. So in general, nutrients-wise, I'm not necessarily saying listeners should, you know, specifically supplement, you know, with certain amounts or anything like that. But in general, the thyroid nutrients, it's things like selenium, iodine. What is the role of iron with the thyroid? The reason we test ferritin, which is iron storage and is different than hemoglobin and the other iron tests, is when iron storage is low, um, basically, here's the way to think about it. You need iron to have your thyroid hormones get to where they need to go. I mean, you need it for a lot of other things, <laughs> but, but that's really how it relates to thyroid. So if it's really low, then it could cause a thyroid issue or essentially like a backhanded one, right? Or it can um, prevent you from being able to raise your thyroid hormone dose and get to where you need to go and have the thyroid hormones that you're taking properly be metabolized and again, affect the cells so that you can get better. So it's a key component and it's an often forgotten one. So let's say someone has really low ferritin, their doctor's an idiot, they get put on thyroid hormone, they're starting to have symptoms. Maybe it's like their anxiety, shaky, whatever, or it could be just a bunch of other weird things. And then they're like, oh, it's not working. I feel worse. And it's because their doctor gave them too high of a dose and didn't factor in that they also needed to up their iron. And this happened to me. So when I first started taking NDT, I had extremely low iron. It was at the bottom of the range, my ferritin anyway. It was uh, on a scale of 10 to 150. It was like 13. And I was like passing out. It was, it was just like awful. I had heavy legs, restless legs. It was a disaster. And those are symptoms of low ferritin. And as I was taking the NDT, I had to continually take iron in order for it to do its thing because it can't. So that's another pitfall of these idiot, you know, uninformed doctors who are just going to be dispensing thyroid hormones without looking at some of the underlying critical factors. And ferritin is one of them. 
Why do we get low in it? Well, women who disproportionately hypothyroidism is the disease of, we are menstruating females. That could be part of it. Um, but the other part of it really is, is that when you're hypothyroid, you can't hold on to nutrients. So it doesn't matter if you're eating liver all day long, you have compromised digestion. You're not breaking down the nutrients. You aren't absorbing them. And so you classically patients, hypopatients get low in ferritin, B12, vitamin D, and other things like that. So that's why it's a key component to always test that. And that's also in the free thyroid guide with the test because there's six main thyroid tests, but then, well, there's a million, but like, well, not a million, but there's a bunch more than that. But the six like primary, like this is really all you need plus these others and the others include ferritin. So selenium is something that like everybody listening, if you're like, hey, I just want to make sure my thyroid doesn't get screwed up. Great. Go get yourself a bottle of like life extension selenium. The reason I mentioned the brand is not because I'm affiliated with them, but because they sell the most absorbable form, which is SE methyl L-selenocysteine and take 200 micrograms a day and, you know, for like a couple of months. And then after that, maybe fractally dose it, right? Make sure you're getting into your life or eat a couple of Brazil nuts here and there. But two Brazil nuts aren't going to work on someone who's hypo with compromised digestion, just like 500 burgers and liver isn't going to work on the ferritin. So again, sometimes supplementation is key. It's often a big factor in thyroid patients getting better. Hi friends. One of the most valuable things that I do every single night of my life is my infrared sauna session. The brand that I use is Sunlighten. I did a lot of research on infrared saunas before deciding on them. Their saunas are so high quality. They're low EMF. And what I really love is they have a solo unit. That's what I have. And it's really great if you live in a small apartment, might be moving. It's just really an amazing investment and they have incredible deals and offers on it right now. You can actually get up to $200 off with the code Melanie Avalon, or if you're talking to a rep, just tell them that I sent you. And like I said, that will be up to $200 off and that will also get you $99 shipping. Normally the shipping is like $600. So that's a really, really big deal. And if you do purchase a sauna, forward your proof of purchase to podcast at melanieavalon.com. And I will also send you a signed copy of my book, What, When, Why. If you'd like to learn more about the science of sauna, two resources. I interviewed the founder of Sunlighten, Connie Zach. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And then I also recently did an epic blog post all about the science of sauna. We'll also put that in the show notes. All right, now back to the show. Hi friends. An incredible fasting aid is coffee. Yes, I am all about the coffee. I am a huge fan of its health benefits as well as how it can support your fast and really help with energy and fat burning. And I have a big announcement. The brand of coffee that I have been drinking for an entire decade now, I am no longer drinking. There's some drama, there's some science, and I'm about to tell you how to get a discount on my new favorite coffee. So I've been drinking the coffee formerly known as Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Coffee for literally a decade. I do not drink it now, so this is not a Bulletproof Coffee commercial, but I started drinking it because I so trusted Dave and his obsession in creating mold-free coffee because moldy coffee beans is a huge problem and a lot of people can get health issues, brain fog, and crash after coffee because of the mold contamination. Contamination. Dave has been talking about this for so long, so I really trusted him and I would drink Bulletproof Coffee, which I absolutely loved and loved that it was mold-free. Then there was some drama. Dave sort of got kicked out of Bulletproof. He might be going back. There's a lot of stuff going on with that. Follow him on Instagram if you want to learn more about that. He even talked about it at the recent biohacking conference. But in any case, <laughs> drama aside, he can no longer speak to Bulletproof Coffee as to whether or not it is mold-free. And he ended up making a coffee even better 
better than Bulletproof Coffee, and it is called Danger Coffee, and friends, I love it. It's the first coffee that is not only mold-free, but actually can help you remineralize. Yep, that's right. Danger Coffee contains a patent-pending formula that actually remineralizes your body with more than 50 trace minerals, nutrients, and electrolytes. On top of that, it is super clean. I know people like to see organic labels. Friends, I have learned so much about the certification industry. And honestly, the best of the best is finding people that you trust who do extensive testing and third-party certification. That's what I do with my Avalon X supplements. And that's what Dave does with Danger Coffee. So with Danger Coffee, they use a process that far exceeds government and industry standards. And it is third-party lab tested. So you can rest assured it is free of mold toxins. As for the flavor, Dave selected these hand-picked farm direct beans for their quality, their superb flavor, and their elevated performance. I love the taste of it. It's much richer and more nuanced than Bulletproof Coffee. It's honestly one of the best coffees I've ever tasted, and it's so exciting to know that when I'm drinking it, I'm actually helping to remineralize my body. So that's right. If you want your coffee to contain antioxidants, anti-inflammatories, micronutrients, and help optimize your fasting, you want Danger Coffee. And of course, I have a discount for you guys. You can go to melanieavalon.com slash danger coffee and use the coupon code melanieavalon to get 10% off. Again, that is melanieavalon.com slash danger coffee with the coupon code melanieavalon for 10% off. This is my favorite coffee. Like I said, it takes some really good coffee and convincing biohacking health reasons to break me from my 10 year decade bulletproof coffee habit but sometimes you just got to upgrade. And by the way, this would make epic presents for people. This can just become your go-to present. Not only will people love it, but you'll be helping their health as well. Everybody wins. MelanieAvalon.com slash Danger Coffee with the coupon code Danger Coffee. Hi friends. I am so excited to tell you about something that I am obsessed with that can revolutionize your health, help with stress levels, support longevity, and really help you when you go out and are having a bit of wine or drinks or all the things. And I'm going to tell you how to get $100 off. So I've been talking about the role of NAD in our health for so long. NAD stands for nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. It is a coenzyme that is involved in so many processes in our body, including energy production and DNA repair. And it is depleted by things like stress, aging, lack of sleep, alcohol, and of course, too much partying. In fact, a lot of researchers believe that declining NAD levels is one of the key factors in aging. That's why I have been really interested in boosting and supporting NAD levels. And I have tried all the things. You can take precursors to NAD called NR and NMN. I still take NMN. However, I am much more alert by directly giving your body NAD. And historically, the most common way to do that that is accessible to people was through NAD IVs and NAD shots. I actually never did an NAD IV for a few reasons. One, they are extraordinarily expensive. Two, I've been doing the shots, which I liked because they were easy to do. That said, they always made me feel a little bit unwell right afterwards. And I've heard that the IV makes a lot of people feel unwell. So if the shots were making me feel unwell and that was going into the muscle first as like a barrier, I can't even imagine what putting it straight into my bloodstream would have done. Plus with the IVs, you have to sit there for potentially hours. So basically IVs were a no-go for me. So like I said, I was doing the shots, but I was like, I wish there was an easier way to do this. Then a company called Ion Layer reached out to me 
Oh my goodness, friends, I am so obsessed. So they make transdermal NAD patches and they have studies showing that these patches actually boost your NAD levels. And what's so amazing is you put on a patch. It's super easy to put on. I have a video on my Instagram about how you do it. You basically get this patch thing with like a negative side and a positive side. You put saline on one side, you mix up the NAD with some sterile water and the NAD that they give you on the other side. Then you stick it to your arm or wherever you want to put it. You put a super cool black patch over over it, kind of like how you put the patches over CGMs. And then what's amazing is there are no side effects. You don't feel unwell from it and it lasts for 14 hours and it's so easy. You can do it at home and then you can really decide when you want to do it. So with the shots, I was doing them once a week and I was trying to do them before going out with this patch. Now I put on the patch before going out and it makes me feel so good. It really helps the next day from any alcohol recovery that you may need. And they look pretty awesome with my outfits. Not going to lie. I am obsessed with these patches. I just want everybody to know about them and they are so much more affordable than the shots or the IVs. If you want to boost your NAD levels, support anti-aging, help with your stress, help with lack of sleep, and or optimize your partying. You need these patches, friends. And I'm so excited because working with the company has been amazing and they are giving you guys $100 off, which is incredible. So to get that discount, just go to melanieavalon.com slash ion layer. That's I-O-N-L-A-Y-E-R and use the coupon code melanieavalon to get $100 off your first order. I cannot recommend these enough. I'm going to use them for the unforeseeable future, probably for the rest of my life. It's literally just become part of my arsenal now. Like when I'm getting ready to go out, usually once a week, put on my NAD patch. And even if I don't go out that week, I still like to do one once weekly. Oh, PS. They're also amazing for traveling. You guys know I'm not a big traveler. I've been doing more traveling recently and I wear these on the plane there and back. Game changer. Although it's really fun at TSA, especially because I already opt out and don't go through the scanner thing. So they already are suspicious. And then they're like, what's that on your arm? And I'm like, it's NAD. And then they're like, what's that? And then I'm like, it's a coenzyme in your body that's involved in a lot of metabolic processes and energy production and DNA repair. And then they just look at me really weird, but it's fine. It's totally fine. So again, that's melanieavalon.com slash ion layer to get $100 off your ion layer kit. It comes with six patches, totally the way to go for boosting NAD levels. And I cannot recommend it enough. melanieavalon.com slash ion layer with the coupon code melanieavalon for $100 off. And for listeners, I will put links to everything that Elle is discussing in the show notes. So you can easily go there. And then obviously you are a proponent of like the primal paleo diet paleo-ish, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but (laughs) diet to support health in general and thyroid health. What are your thoughts on, because that often manifests as a lower carb diet and people often say, or studies might seem to indicate that, you know, a lower carb approach or a ketogenic diet leads to reduced thyroid performance. I mean, that's like a whole discussion that's out there. What are your thoughts on how low-carb versus higher-carb diets affect the thyroid? Oh, my God. I I talk about this a lot because this is the bane of my existence that anyone would claim. I know. I know. You don't have to. That anyone would claim that. So let's – and, 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 you know, so here's how – we have to look at it in a a variety of ways, okay? First of all, the bottom line is this. Low-carb, keto, carnivore, all these diets, these levels of essentially ancestral paradigms – do not cause thyroid problems. End of story. And I'll explain though why people would think they are or they would maybe conclude that or why they're falsely claiming that. 
Number one, let's talk about just people who are going to be going to these diets to begin with. I myself, when you're hypothyroid or, you know, when I was uh, undiagnosed, right, you're gaining all this weight. That's a big symptom of it, by the way. You know, I mean, some people don't get any weight, you know, but some people, most people gain a ton of weight. That's one of the symptoms. You have no metabolism and it's really tough and you get fatter and fatter and fatter, um, which is what happened to me. And so what does one do when you have uncontrollable weight gain? You do whatever the hell you can. To, to get rid of it. And so what does that do? It means like going out there and figuring out every diet, like that's what I did. I was like, I even did Atkins at one point and I got fatter on Atkins. That's the other thing too. People are like, oh, I went keto and I got fat. So here's the thing. I am not convinced that your low carb or keto diet made you hypothyroid unless I see your thyroid results before and then I you tell me what you're eating the whole time. Because here's another factor. Keto and low carb diets, when you're brand new to them, are really amazing if you've gotten to the point past like, you know, that 21 day beautiful mark where you really have turned over those fat burning genes and you're really like you're done. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't even think about food anymore. And when that happens, it's really exciting. And so a lot of people have this amazing appetite suppression, which is incredible. But then what they do is they kind of go with that, almost like they kind of get high off of that. And I get that. I've been there. But the thing is, is that then that leads to them really restricting calories too. So there are people that are on low carb diets that are maybe restricting calories too low to the point where, you know what I mean? They're, they're having an issue in some way there and sending a starvation signal of some kind that can happen or like not the right macros per se. So that that sometimes is a pitfall. Um, what when they say they show blood tests and they're like, oh, this person went keto or low carb and their T three levels dropped or whatever, right? Yeah. So here's the thing: when you go low carb, when you start to clean out and you get off of the carbohydrate dependent sugar burning train and you go down towards fat burning and having your body primarily fueled on that paradigm, like a high fat, moderate protein, low carb paradigm, which is what we're talking about get super lower when you go keto, extra lower when you, you go, go carnivore. When you're, when you're going in that direction, you become calorically efficient, meaning down the road, you eventually need less calories than you needed to function on. You become metabolically efficient in every way in terms of how you're burning and storing and, you know, uh, fuel. And as well, you can become T3 efficient, which is what I coined, which is mean, you know, you might need less T3 to operate than others. So the question is, are you having symptoms? And if you are, were you before? Because I've never seen a normal person who was doing great go low carb keto and then claim it caused a thyroid problem. And if they said it did, I need to see more before and after tests. And also, how were you doing the keto and low carb? And what else was the factor? Like, did you have some other nutrient deficiency there that was already a problem that was creeping in? Because a lot of people are going to these diets and stuff like anyone would because they're trying to lose weight. But sometimes that uncontrolled wave is already a thyroid problem brewing. Do you get what I'm saying? So there's no definitive study at all that can tell me definitively that it actually caused one. And by the way, I would say likely not. Our ancestors barely ate any carbs. Population would have never happened, Melanie, because you can't get pregnant and you have miscarriages when you have a thyroid problem. By the way, that's another part of your body trying to save your life because it's going, she can't afford to have a child right now. She's in, she's starving. Yeah. It reminds me of like when people say that a paleo diet is, you know, too restrictive or not, you know, not supportive of health. And I was like, it's what we were eating for <laughs> millions of years. What's not supportive about a slab of beef ribs? Yeah. Yeah. And then actually I was thinking, I don't know if you saw the recent 
this is not about hypothyroidism or anything like that, but I was reminded of there was a really recent study in August in cell metabolism looking at alternate day fasting and 36 hour fast specifically and how it affects, you know, different biomarkers in the body. And something I found really interesting in it was that they found that patients on this ADF approach where they're they're fasting for 36 hours, um, I think twice a week, that yes, it actually did lower their T3 hormone. So if you see that, you would think, you know, oh no, their metabolism is slowing down. You know, this is a bad thing. But they saw no changes in the participants' basal metabolism and resting energy expenditure. Yeah, bingo. So, I mean, that right there alone sh- shows that even lower T3, I mean, that would actually indicate that, it would, it would indicate to me that the body's clearly becoming efficient with T3 and there's That's no right. metabolic slowdown. So you can have reduced levels without your metabolism slowing down. Yeah. Do you have reduced levels? How are you doing? That's all, that's all there is. Like, are you able to like, okay, if you have a hundred hypothyroid systems, yeah, that's a problem. But if your levels are where they're, that's why we don't ever rely on blood tests alone. Because what's right now, for example, I used to be on a hundred micrograms of T3 a day when I first started T3 only many years ago. I now take between 20 and 25. So because over time, that's when I first started paleo, like, you know, over time I'm cleaning out, I'm doing these things, right. And becoming calorically efficient, metabolically efficient, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, I now only need 20 to 25 a day to function versus a hundred. As with everything we're saying, it's a very much more complicated picture than, <laughs> than we're often. Yeah. It's individual. And also it's like, how are you feeling though? Who cares? You know, the doctor who told Mark Sisson, like, I'm worried about your TSH. Mark's like, I've never had a hypothyroid system in my, symptom in my life. I feel great. My weight's great. My temperature's great. Like, because the doctor was wrong. That's why. Because there was nothing wrong. Because, again, it was just that snapshot, just that TSH that happened to be elevated after he went working out fasting and went into the blood draw at 10 a.m. And the TSH happened to be sending a signal at that time. It was just a snapshot of the wake-up call. Get it? You know what I mean? The question is, how are you feeling? You know what I mean? And then goes the other way. Well, your labs look fine but I feel horrible. Well, it's probably an uninformed doctor then who's not checking reverse T3, checking free T3 and looking at it in the right way. And they're treating you on some thyroid hormone, evaluating it in a certain way and going, well, it's not your thyroid. That happens to patients all the time who are on thyroid hormone. Well, not your thyroid. No, it is, dude. You just don't know how to manage the thyroid. That's the actual problem with the thyroid is your management of it. Not, not you know? I remember I went into a doctor once and I was on NDT and she looked at my results, which my TSH was like really suppressed. And she was like, oh, you're hyperthyroid. And I was like, no, I'm on NDT. That's why it's suppressed. She was like, no, you're hyperthyroid. I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> yep. and, th- and they tell people that. They tell people on NDT that. So that's another thing too. So let's go back to this TSH thing. So doctors, uh, I make a big point in my book and I talk to the doctor in my book about it. And it's a point that has to be made because patients that are out there will get mistreated or under dosed by a doctor because they'll see that their TSH is getting low and low, even to the point where it's 0.01, which is fully suppressed. Nothing wrong with that. In fact, most patients feel best when their TSH is 0.01. So the doctors, why do they freak out about it? Why do they freak out about it? Here's why. Because like 30 years ago, what they used to do, and they don't do it anymore, it was a really bad practice, but when people had nodules on their thyroids, like these little lumps, little cysty type of things on their thyroid gland, they, in order to try to get rid of them, they would jam the patient with a ton of T4 and make them hyper. 
and their TSHs would go down, right? Because again, it's T4 only, and they're giving them a high dose of it. And so the TSH goes all the way to 0.01, and they become hyper, and then they start to have issues like heart issues and you know, calcium bone density issues or whatever. And so they, they therefore concluded a suppressed TSH equals these problems. Okay. They're not factoring in though, the fact that nobody on like T4 only should ever really have their TSH fully suppressed because they're only on the storage hormone. They're not factoring in this other T3 component. Again, looking at it philosophically in the wrong way. So doctors that know what they're doing don't care about, in fact, the doctor on my book, the patients with the most suppressed TSHs have the best bone density scores ever. The TSH has nothing to do with that. It doesn't cause heart problems or anything else. That being said, you really don't want to dose a patient on T4 only and get their TSH suppressed. So people on T4 only have different labs and their TSH might be around two or in the middle of the range or a little bit, you know, it'll look quote more like a normal person's thyroid TSH versus really low or, you know, definitely not super high. So again, that's why I said earlier, a suppressed TSH in a normal person who's exhibiting hyperthyroid symptoms, that is suspicious of hyperthyroidism. Also, you could have a TSH very, very low like I did, and that's more indicative of like euthyroid sick syndrome, which is probably the lifestyle I was living by overworking out, not getting satiated enough, being on a terrible cortisol adrenal hamster wheel, and basically sending probably a starvation uh, or, or some kind of threat where the, the signal wasn't even being sent. So it can mean two things, but that's why doctors learned that and fear it. And it's a false fear based on a BS protocol that's not even used anymore. I hope that makes sense. And if not, I want to clarify it because this keeps patients sick all the time or gets their medications reduced. And then it keeps them hypothyroid because the doctor's afraid of a suppressed TSH. I even was interviewed by a doctor on, uh, on an interview. And during the interview, he said, well, I still like to see my patients have a TSH between this and this. And I was like, what? No, I said, then you're keeping those people sick. If you like to see it at this number, it sh doesn't matter that it's one. If the, most people who feel great optimized on NDT or a T3, T4 combo have their TSH fully suppressed at 0.01. It's classic. Now, the goal is not to do that. You don't take NDT to look for a suppressed TSH. It's just what happens. Okay. So not to be feared. Well, in that circumstance, but to be feared in the others that I mentioned those cases. Right. In, yes. Right. Right. Exactly. Speaking of fear, glad you brought that up. Something else that you talk about all throughout your book is, you know, lifestyle practices, mindset, stressors. You're mentioning stress, exercise. I mean, there's so many factors and I'm sure we could talk for like another hour on that, but all of these do, you know, play such an important role in thyroid health. So there's the hormones, there's the diet, but then there are all these lifestyle factors as well. Something that I found so motivational in your book was you talked about how, you know, you went through two bouts of these thyroid struggles and how it was actually easier the second time because you had been there before. I was wondering if you could just talk briefly about like what that was like and just knowing, like just providing mo motivation for listeners if they do find that they're struggling with thyroid issues that, that they can get through it. And um, yeah, just because I found the way you wrote it was just so motivating. Yeah, you know, it was very upsetting to be left in the dust by doctors the first time around. When I had a reverse T3 problem the second time around, and 
I as well, I'll just tell the story I tell in my book. I thought I had found an informed doctor who had been treating me on NDT. Like I did it myself and then I finally found a doctor and I was like, oh my God, great. So wonderful. I don't have to do it on my own anymore. She gets it. She gets ferritin. She gets NDT. She's not afraid of the TSH being suppressed. Excellent. Wonderful. I'm done. I'm good to go. Then I started having problems. I'd go in. She tried to give me some like weight loss drug even because I was like, I, I, I have like horrible appetite. I like can't focus. Like again, all these hypothyroid symptoms, but it didn't seem possible to me because I was on thyroid hormone replacement. Why would I have hypothyroid symptoms, right? I didn't know about the reverse T3 at that time. So then I found out about it. And then I had her test me for it. And then I did my research and I realized, oh my God, I'm pretty much going to be alone in this one, you know. But I thought she is really smart and open and seemed to be like the best doctor I've met in all those years. So I went to her and I was like, here's what needs to happen. And like, this is the problem. And she literally like threw her hands up and she was like, uh, oh, this is too complicated. And I said, this is too complicated, but medical school wasn't, but organic chemistry on the MCATs was not complicated. This is complicated, but that wasn't. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I was livid. I walked out of that office. I bawled my eyes out of my car. And I knew I was alone again and now alone again in something that even very few doctors even have any clue about and will not prescribe T3 only. So I was like, I don't even know, you know, and it was so depressing. The whole, uh, so I spent so many years crying my eyes out multiple times a day. Um, and the second time though was quicker and sooner because I did have the memory of, hold on a minute, I was once in this despair before and I got out of it. So let's just go with that, that, yeah, it may suck, but I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out. I did it the last, like I'm determined, but it was so painful to have to do it myself. Now, every minute I suffered is worth it to be able to write this book and talk to people like you and share this message and save people's lives. Are you kidding me? Worth every day that I suffered. But at the time, wow, it seemed real unfair it seemed like, are you kidding me? This is happening to me again. Are you effing kidding me? But you know what? I didn't know the larger plan of where I am now, right? And so uh, that's a couple of things too. Some of the biggest gifts in life are wrapped in shit. One of the best things that ever happened to me was hypothyroidism. And uh, some of the best things that happen to people are ailments like this. You you really learn so much. You go about yourself and triumphantly, thank God I fixed it myself and now can help others. But the perseverance pays. It really does. And I'm here to tell everyone because I don't care what your doctor tells you. You Don't ever listen to anyone that says, well, you're always going to suffer from X because you have hypothyroidism. No, because hypothyroidism is solvable in a variety of ways, naturally or through thyroid hormone replacement. It's totally solvable. Will it go away forever? No, I might have to take thyroid hormone the rest of my life, but I'm not hypothyroid as I speak to you. And I'm not hypothyroid on any day because I take the thing that my body needs. That's all. It was empty. I'm topping off the tanks and doing that for itself. So great. That's all. That's all that matters is that you're not hypothyroid or, or hyper, but that you're not hypothyroid. So 
in whatever way that you get there is the goal, but it's achievable. And if it's not achievable or you think it's impossible, it's because you're on the wrong path, you're with the wrong doctor, or you're not stepping up and learning what you need to learn about it. Or you just got to try harder. Like, you know what? It just might take some time like me. You know, hopefully now because of podcasts and everything that's out there, that the information is out there that wasn't there when I was going through it. Now everyone has so much of a better chance. And then people have me. You know, so it's like you have me, you have Janie Bothorpe, you have Paul Robinson. Um, those are the other authors I really recommend. And the information is out there. You just have to get on it and go for it and do it or get a coach like myself who coaches privately. And I think Janie still does as well, maybe even Paul. So, you know, this is solvable. And it's solvable quickly once you're on the right path. The thing is the reluctance to do things. There's depression along the way and there's money factors involved. But I will tell you this. There was nothing I wasn't going to do to save my life because there was a point of which I thought, you know, I've never been suicidal, but I had a thought during the second, uh, the first bout, which was, this is so bad that if like, I don't find an answer, I'm going to have to start thinking about thinking about killing myself. Like that's how bad it is to live inside of a body that's her, like has 30 plus symptoms constantly of the way that I lived. It was a disaster. And so, you know, it's a horrible life and it's so tragic that it's so simple to fix. The problem is, is that there's too many uninformed doctors and unfortunately too many uninformed patients. And that's why I'm here. So if you're out there and you're suffering, you cannot get away with not learning this yourself. And you may not know it as well as I do right now, but I behoove you to get on it and do that because you need to solve your problem and no one's going to solve it for you. You have to do it yourself. That doesn't mean you have to do what I did and like, you know, black market, order your <laughs> medication and do it at home. Although, hey, listen, that saved thousands of people's lives to do it that way. And I'm glad I did. I saved my own life. Thank you very much. So, but I don't want anyone to have to do that. You know, that's the whole point of writing the book is so that, you know, doctors can be informed and patients can be informed. And listen, how valuable is your life? You might have to spend every last dime to get to the right doctors or to do what you need to do to get the right prescriptions. Um, you just got to keep pushing on. No one cares more about you than you. No one cares more about your health. And that's the biggest horror. Um, that's the saddest thing about this is that when you're going through it, you're trusting all these people. We walk into their office. You have a Harvard degree. I trust that you're going to just save me, help me. And they don't. And then the next one doesn't. And then I'm now through 20 plus doctors and I'm going, are you kidding me? And that happens to people all the time. So I don't want people to go through 20 doctors. Get armed with the information now, you know? So much for what you're doing, Al. It is honestly life-changing and revolutionary. It actually brings me to, I swear, I promise, my very last question. And it's the question that I ask every single person on this podcast. And it's because I do realize how important mindset is with everything and with all with all of the, all of these journeys, and so that is what is something that you're grateful for. Doesn't have to be the biggest thing, or it can be anything. Oh my god! I yeah, I kid you not. Um, today I was driving to the gym and I saw someone um, in a wheelchair. And even though it's a whole other topic, but uh, for those of you who don't know, I had my arms injured when I was uh, like 22 years old, and. Uh, I look normal, like I can use my arms normally, but I have inflammation issues and chronic tendonitis and have for many years. And I live a pain-free life, like don't feel sorry for me, I'm like doing great. But um, I'm very grateful that I even have my arms. But then when I see some things like that sometimes, you know, how soon we forget, like if you're walking today 
and you're complaining about a broken nail, you can tell yourself to F off and get down to earth for a minute. <laughs> um, and so I think sometimes even that, like, and, and I'm really moved by that, especially people who are disabled because I am myself technically so, and, and physically, but when I see other people in those circumstances and, you know, someone always has it worse than you and it's not to like look at a, a situation like that as above something and therefore it's better because everyone has their own journey. No one can say it's worse or, or better. That person in the wheelchair may be way happier than me. I don't know, maybe, <laughs> like maybe. But at the end of the day, um, you know, like if you're having a problem, are you alive and can you move a step forward? And sometimes that's all you can be grateful for is that you just have a day to even hope to fix it. Um, or, you know, listen, you may be exhausted in a hypothyroid mess, but do you have your arms and your legs? You know, and if you don't have your arms and your legs, do you have your brain? Do you have a friend? Do you have, you have to look for anything and everything. And sometimes it's the basics. So I like to wake up sometimes with the basics. And anyway, I saw that today. And when I see things like that, I really get prompted to get back to the basics. I'm like, oh my God, I have my arms and my legs. Oh my God. Holy smokes. Amazing. Right? How much I take that for granted. Thank you so much. Speaking of gratitude, I'm so, so thankful for you, for the work you're doing, for your friendship, for everything. You're just an amazing, wonderful woman and the world is a better place because of you. All right, back at you. <laughs> Thank you. How can listeners best follow you? I'll put links to everything in the show notes, but anything you would like to plug in particular? Well, I'm most active on Instagram, but um, every Monday you can hear me interview people on the Primal Blueprint podcast, you know, New York Times bestsellers, uh, all the, some of the similar folks I'm sure Melanie has interviewed as well, um, all about mind, body, and primal paleo living. And then also you can go to lrust.com and find out information about me. You can find my book, The Paleo Thyroid Solution, pretty much everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. Um, and as well, I do private thyroid coaching and life coaching in general. So if you're curious about coaching with me, you can just reach out through my website, lrust.com. Awesome. Awesome. So again, listeners, I will put links to all of that in the show notes. They will be at melanieavalon.com slash thyroid. And this has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you, Al. I can't wait to talk to you soon and next time. And you're just amazing. And yay for tackling hypothyroidism and taking things into our own hands. Yes. Yay. And you know what? Just don't give up, people. Don't go. I'm telling you, I used to be such a mess. And you will be grateful for this later because most people don't know what it's like to go through something like this. So when you're on the other side, which you will be because I told you it's fixable, you're going to have such an a deeper appreciation for life than most people. It's it's a strange thing. You do have a deeper level of gratitude. It's hard to think about looking forward to that sort of ethereal concept, but I'm telling you right now, someone will remember it later and be like, you know what? I heard this chick on a podcast and she was right. It's true. You will have this, a profile. Like once you get beyond this, right? Life is like, oh my gosh, because you're not suffering anymore. And the contrast is so incredible that it kind of is a gift that keeps on giving the wellness. Do you know what I mean? If that makes sense? Yeah. No, 100%. Like so much. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. For more information, you can check out my book, What When Wine Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine, as well as my blog, melanieavalon.com. Feel free to contact me at podcast at melanieavalon.com. And always remember, you got this.